All right, guys. You want to make your way back to your seat. I want to go over a few things. Uh, Ryan tried to steal my announcements, but that's okay. Um, but I'm going to go over a few things that we're doing this summer. Just want to make sure that everybody knows what is happening. We have those roadmaps. We, we push those every week because that is the way to keep track of what's going on. There's a lot of things that are coming at us this summer. I'm super excited for the camps that are coming up. And so if you haven't registered your kids for kids camp, do so. You can do it on the app, like they said. Or you can even do it in the lobby. There's a QR code that you can scan. It's super easy, super simple. And youth camp. I'm really passionate about um, the youth camp this year as well. I'm super excited for what God's going to do. It's going to be a good time. So if you have students from six, going into sixth grade to 12th grade, please register them. It's $150. Um, we want to see your students there. We want to um, empower them to lead. It's all about their leading. We believe here at Free Church that we are for this generation, and so we know that they are going. They are the leaders. They are the church of the now, not the church of the future, but the church of the now. And so even with our little kids, we are going to be equipping them to lead, to lead their friends, family members, all those people into a relationship with Jesus, like teaching them how to do that. So it's going to be really cool. So, I'll, but I'll stop talking about that. Um, now we're going to talk about August 6th. So August 6th, we are not going to have church here at the building, but we are going to go to the beach and have a party and have baptisms, and that is going to be so amazing. Um, last year we had four or five people be baptized, and it was an amazing time. It was so cool to see people just take that next step in their faith. Um, Pastor Anthony did get uh, hypothermia, so that was also great. Um, but we're not going to have church here. We're going to be at Fogarty Creek Beach. We're going to have a bonfire, volleyball games, um, bring your own food uh, or drinks uh, to drink, you know, Coke, Pepsi. Um, bring your own stuff, snacks and stuff. We'll have some snacks, but bring some stuff to eat, and let's make a whole day of it. It's going to be great. Um, the next thing on my list here is August 13th. And so August 13th, we are going to have our downtown only service. And so we're only having church downtown. This is going to be so great. We're, this is us putting that stake in the ground. We are going to reclaim Salem for Jesus. Amen? That was not even powerful. We should be excited that we are going to be sharing Jesus with our city and our state. It's literally the capital of Oregon, and God has given us open doors to take back this city. And so we need people that are excited to take back the city. Amen? All right. Yes. Good job, guys. But it's going to be great. We're going to go to the Reed Opera House on the third floor. We're going to have a block party afterwards in the alley. Um, we're going to have a DJ food. Uh, lots of people. Bring lots of people. It's going to be an awesome time. I'm super excited to be starting that service downtown. And then September 3rd, we're going to just, we're having a break. We're no church, Labor Day. We're going to take a break. We know that during summer, there are natural breaks in the summer. And so we just want to honor God with that. We want to give opportunity to take rests. And we know that that is important to spend time with family. And so we are taking a break September 3rd. And then September 10th is going to be our last summer downtown only service is going to be September 10th. So September 10th, we are not having service here. Again, we are going to be downtown. That's going to be exciting. We're going to be growing that. We're going to have a vlog party. Yes, yes. Um, so that's going to be an amazing time. So the th August 13th, September 10th, we're going to be downtown only. So if you come here at 10, there'll be no one here. So come downtown. It's going to be great.
Um, in order to reach our neighbors and reach the community and let people know what we're doing, we are going to be out uh, doing some neighborhood canvassing. And so we are going to be doing Saturday, August 5th from 9.30 to 11.30. We are going to be doing, um, that is going to be doing for our Sunnyside uh, another community lunch that we're going to be doing on the following Sunday. And then we are going to be doing it downtown August 10th and Saturday, August 26th. So we are doing this to let the people know why we're doing this, what we're doing. We want to pray for people. We want to give them an invitation to come and just just meet people and get to sh hear their story and share our story if God gives us opportunity. But when I did this last Sunday or Saturday, it was really powerful. I had somebody come to me and I was like, hey, I just want to invite you to church. He's like, I'm allergic to church. I'm like, the only thing I can think of was Benadryl is for allergies. <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. We have Benadryl in our first aid kit. It's fine. Just come. It's going to be great. You'll be sleeping through it, but it's fine. Um, just come. So people, I think God is stirring this city. I think God's going to use free church to stir the city. And so I am excited to be a part of that. Um, we, like Ryan said, we are raising money to do that. And so if you want to give to the summer activities, you just need to text an amount and say summer after it, and it will go to um, create those funds to, to further the kingdom and further the gospel. Um, before we jump into our message, that was a lot of announcements. But before we jump into our message, I'm super excited because we have been doing an internship this last year, and we have, um, they've been uh, working on their vision and their mission for their life, and so um, we have a couple interns that are going to share this morning, and I'm going to have Stephanie come first. She requested it. And so Stephanie's going to come share her vision and mission um, with us this morning, so you can come up here. Good morning. Thank you, Ladina, for the introduction. Um, <laughs> my mission is um, to not only bring people to Christ to have a long-lasting relationship with him, but for people to know that with God, he will overcome all things while giving them a purpose. Um, God has not only done that for me, but I feel like it's my mission to also bring that to other people. And then my vision is to um, preach not only to the youth and, and young adults, but to like lift them up so they can be disciples, so they can reach community. And by doing that, I would do that in ministry and also in work. Um, I feel like God is calling me to go back to school to finish my bachelor's degree in psychology. And um, with that, um, becoming a therapist so I can reach um, the youth and not only just the youth or the young adults, but their families as well. And um, make that Christ-centered. And not, I don't only want, to, my vision that God has, has given me is not only to just um, reach people that know Christ, but families that don't, so they would get to know Christ, so they would know through um, the youth. It's so important. Um, this vision is just so important to me because I feel like, like youth, even you guys now, like you guys are so powerful. You guys have such an impact. The youth can not only like, like be an inspiration to their parents and their families, and and it's just like the starting point. It's breaking those generational curses. And so um, that vision, just um, to have that, is just so powerful um, that God had given me. And I, uh, yeah, that that's what he. <laughs> All right, the next one is Isaiah. He's going to come share his mission and vision. Let's give it for Isaiah. My mission is to show people God's love for love and father. Um, and then my stand up for Jesus in my life. Each kid's because um, I grew up having that academy. So. Yeah. 
And Isaiah and Stephanie play a vital role in our free generation ministries, and, and they minister to all, a lot of young kids and teenagers, and they do an amazing job. And so I'm excited for where God's bringing them and what God is doing through them. It's been fun to watch them grow um, and just watch God use them in different ways. Um, before we jump into the message today, I just want to first introduce myself. I'm Ladina. I'm one of the associate pastors here at Free Church. I am over Free Generation Ministries, so that's from birth to through young adults. And so I'm super excited to be sharing with you this morning over this book of Hebrews. We're just starting this new series. Um, but last week, Dwayne um, challenged us. And the one thing that I got out of last week was just this idea that I didn't get called to start the race, but to finish the race. And that's something that's just been really been powerful for me over this ne- this week of just like, we're called to finish. Even if we get ta- feel like we're getting taken out, even if we feel like we're getting um, opposition, we're called to finish the race, not just to start it and to quit, but to finish the race. And um, last week, um, he told everybody I was having like back pain, which was <laughs> true. Um, and then when I got prayer, literally the next day my back was feeling fine. I was able to work out on Monday with no problems. And so God did an amazing thing last week. He healed my back. And so that's just want to give God glory for that because um, it was really sore and it was, I was hurting. And then just this idea that I believe God is calling this church, this body, the you guys, you and me. Um, there's, it's not an accident that you're here. It's not an accident that you showed up. It's not an accident that you've been coming for the last year, two years, 10 years, whatever. I feel like God is calling us together in such a unique body that we're able to minister to, and to um, disciple and to reach people that no one else can reach. We all have our own individual stories. We all have our own individual purposes. And I believe God's bringing us together as a unified body to do that here in Salem. I believe that with all my heart. And as I tell my youth students, I'm 100 years old, and so I've been around a long time. I know that this is the time. I believe that, like we've been talking about this open doors, I believe that we are seeing these open doors happening with just opportunity to be able to go and be downtown, having um, just doors being open for us to have these sillies, it seems like block parties, just getting to know our community, just praying for our community, um, ministering to each other, watching God do amazing things here on Sunday. But I just get kind of sad because sometimes I just feel like God is like right there. He wants to meet us where we're at, but he w- we need to get off our butts and get out of our seats and start moving for God. I believe that we need to start taking those steps and go where God is calling us to go. And yes, it's uncomfortable. And yes, it's hard. And yes, you're going to get hit in the face by the enemy. But if we don't st- keep moving forward, we're going to get stale, we're going to get bitter, we're going to find ourselves falling away, and we're going to get, we're going to get stuck. And I don't believe that God wants that for us. I don't believe God wants that for you. I believe God wants us to keep moving forward. And this whole book of Hebrews, um, I was reading the first three chapters, that's what we're going to kind of go over today. Um, And I don't know if I've just never really, like, studied it or read into it very much, but as I was reading it, it just was so amazing. This book is is an amazing book, one, not just because it's in the Bible, but it's all about solidifying who Jesus is. The first three chapters is all about Jesus' authority, his superiority, his his, uh, where God has placed him, 
who he is, how God has set him up, why he came. It's all pointing to who Jesus is. And some things interesting about the book is that we don't really know who wrote it. People think that maybe Paul wrote it or Barnabas or Luke or Apollo, but there's no like, no one knows for sure who wrote it. Um, But the author is so adamant. He just is all about persevering, keeping the faith, keep moving forward, reminding us who Jesus is. Um, And what's really interesting as I was reading it, it talks about the first first three chapters talks about how it's so easy to fall away from the faith and how um, I see that today in our world, how people are getting led astray by almost truths instead of absolute truths. We know that Jesus is absolute. He is the way, the truth, and the life. But sometimes we can see our friends and family sometimes get led astray by almost truths. Um, this book was written before 70 AD, most scholars believe. A couple of reasons is it talks about Timothy, and then it also talks about sacrifices that were made in the temple that wouldn't have been done after 70 AD because of the t- destruction. And so these are just some facts that I thought were interesting about Hebrews. Um, the theme is just that Christ is the greatest. He's greater than the angels. He's the high priest. He is, the salvation is only found in him. Um, It warns us about leaving Christ, um, appealing us and challenging us to stay firm. It lines up with what we've been talking about over this last summer and there's there's these months of like walking forward, staying firm in our relationship. Because we know that hard times are going to come. We know that we're going to fall, have these obstacles in our way, but we need to stand firm in our faith. Remembering our faith is grounded in Jesus. Remembering that Jesus is the most superior revelation. He is the perfect sacrifice offered for all. Jesus brought the final word of God, became the final priest, the one sacrifice that the Old Testament was pointing toward and talking about. That's the God that we serve. That is who Jesus is. And so um, some things that during for the first three chapters was that for me was that um, Jesus is our Savior. He is the Savior of the world. And I say this a lot, but I like to be in control of things. I'm a little bit of a control freak. Um, I'm trying my hardest, but it's really hard. But God is in control. So no matter how hard I spin my wheels, he just, I think, sometimes laughs at me and is like, keep trying, whatever. I'm in control, Adina. I have this. So, so no matter what you try to do, God is in control. We have to realize that God is in control. And we're going to see the authority that Jesus was given by God here um, through Hebrews. So I'm going to read Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. Verse 1 says, Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in the last days, he spoke to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Verse 3, if you get nothing from today, remember verse 3, because this just like was something God just like stamped in my heart. It says, he is the radiance, Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God. He is the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power, After making purification for our sins, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty high. We have become such 
We having become as much superior to the angels as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. So this shows us God first spoke through the prophets in the Old Testament. Then he has Jesus speaking to us. And when we read this verse, I couldn't help just be mesmerized by God. I was so moved at this idea that he is the imprint, the exact imprint of God's nature. And if we look at the nature of God, what do we see? This is the God that breathed the world or spoke the world into existence. He breathed in dirt and it became man. This is the God that we serve. We forget who Jesus is sometimes. I think when we are Christians for a long time, we get stuck and we forget how powerful God is. We forget that Jesus, our Savior, was is the exact imprint, and we serve this God. He is, it says, upholds the universe by the word of his power. He is powerful. He is loving. He is kind. He is just. He is all these things, and this is the Jesus that I serve. This is the God that we serve. If you say that you're a Christian, this is the God that you serve. He is powerful. We don't have to be stuck in those situations. We don't have to be shame with our heads held down because we God offers forgiveness through Jesus, and we can lift our heads high and we can have freedom in Christ because we know that this is the God that we serve. This is a powerful God that we serve. And so I want to challenge you guys, when trials come, when fears creep in, remember who is the God that we serve? Because I don't don't serve a God that's going to just leave me high and dry. I don't serve a God that's going to be like, well, you got yourself into this. Get yourself out. No. My God says, I love you so much. I'm not going to let you go through this alone. Sometimes there, well, I know there is consequences for our sin. I know that. But I do also believe that God is going to be bringing people beside us and alongside of us to help us, to walk with us, to support us. He, that's what our community is. And we serve this God that is so powerful, that is so amazing, that is literally literally just said, let there be light, and it happened. So if I serve a God that says, let there be light, why am I stressing about this situation? Why am I stressing about this situation? Well, because, Ladina, you like to control them, and you don't have the ability to do it, and you can't seem to let go and figure it out that God is in control. Ladina, if he spoke the world into existence, don't you think he can handle this situation over here or this financial situation over here or providing this for you here? Yes, I know that, but do I walk in it? Not always. I'm really bad at it sometimes. But all of this reminded me of King David. And this just reminded me of, I just saw this picture of David going out to fight Goliath. And he had people telling him that he couldn't do it. He was too young, too weak. He had even people trying to put their armor on him. And when I thought about that, I just thought about how many times do we go out to fight a battle trying to use someone else's armor? Someone else is calling. We want to be like someone else. And God just was like, no, I have given you a specific calling. I have given you a specific purpose. You need to walk in your purpose. Walk in your calling. Stop looking into other people's. But I am calling you to walk in what I have called you to do. So stop trying to walk in what other people are walking in. I have called you for such a time as this, for this purpose, for this calling. And David, if he would have worn Saul's armor, he would have been killed because he couldn't move. He 
couldn't do what God had trained him up to do from such a young boy. He was training to fight those giants with that sling by the lion and the bear that he killed. And God is training us to training us and walking beside us. So we need to just be walking in our confidence of who Christ is and not trying to walk in a false sense of confidence. And um, yeah, amen. That's amazing. I just am so excited for who God is, and I just am praying God will just show you, like, reveal to you this morning who he is, who he's called you to be. Though people try to put their fear on David. Do you see how big he is? Look how big this giant is. Look how big the situation is. But David was like, no, I'm not going to let this be my story. He said no. He had giant faith. He knew who the God of Israel was. He knew that God could defeat anything. He knew God had parted the Red Sea. He knew about the, you know, the things that happened in Egypt, the plagues. He knew that God walked the people through the desert. He knew that he brought them to the promised land. He wasn't going to let the giants in his life defame the God that he served. He wasn't going to let the giants stand up and curse the God of Israel. He knew who God was. So he stood up and said no to the lies. He said no to the doubt, and he walked in that faith. And we all know he slayed the giant, right? He killed Goliath. He knew God's power. He knew God's faithfulness. And um, just that verse in Hebrews, the radiance of God, of the glory of God, and the, and the exact imprint of his nature. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God. In Hebrews 2.10, it says, For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. So what is that telling us? This is telling us that Jesus knew, and he had to go through it, right? Jesus had to go through hell and defeat death, the devil and sin, and then he sat on the right hand of God. He had to finish it. Why would he do that? Why would he go through all that? Because of his love for us. We know that he talks about how much that God loves us. It says that nothing can separate us from God's love. Not height, nor death, nor principalities, nor angels, nor demons. Nothing can separate us from God's love. And Jesus knew that the only way that we can receive salvation is to, for him to be the sacrifice, right? For him to be that perfect sacrifice. For him to suffer the things that he should never have had to suffer. We should be suffering them, but he did it for us because of the great love for us, because he wanted us to be able to have a relationship with God. In Hebrews 2, 13 through 18, it says, and again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, and the children God has given me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, this is talking about Jesus, likewise partook of the same things. Jesus became flesh. He became a man so that he could go through the things that we went through. That through death he might destroy the one who has power of death. That is the devil. So Jesus became man, became flesh to destroy the devil. And verse 15 says, and deliver all those through fear of death were subject to a lifelong slavery. And verse 16 says, for surely it is not angels that he helps. He didn't do it for the angels, but, but he helps the offspring of Adam. He did it for man. He did it for us. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become 
a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for our, for the sins of the people. Again, this book was written to tell the Israelites, like, this is what Jesus, this is who Jesus is. This is what he did. So it's using this language like high priest and um, going, was using these kind of languages so that they, they would understand what that meant. The high priest was only allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. But they're saying, Jesus came, he can go, he, he ripped that cloth. We can now go into the Holy of Holies and have that relationship with God. And Jesus is the way that we can do that. In verse 18, it says, For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he was able to help those who are being tempted. This is the God that we serve. He suffered so that we... He, we, he suffered so that we could have relationship with him. It says that he went through it to know, so we can say, you know what? Jesus went through this. I can get, I can get through this. He is by my side. He, is knows what, he knows what I'm going through. So we need to stop living this lie that Jesus has been defeated. Some of us in here to remember, need to remember that he is the defeater, not the defeated. He is the defeator, not the defeated. He has defeated the devil. He has defeated sin and death and hell. And so we can walk in freedom. We've been talking about freedom since we've changed our name to Free Church. We can walk and actually walk in that freedom. What does that look like? Stop holding our head down. Stop letting the, our past dictate our future because God has given us a new future. And when we ask forgiveness, God forgives us and we walk forward in God and what he's called us to do and stop letting the past have this grip on us. Stop letting unforgiveness have this grip on us, but being able to say, you know what? Just because I forgive someone doesn't mean I have to have a relationship with them, but I can forgive them so that that chain of unforgiveness is not holding on to me. That chain of unforgiveness is not going to keep me from where God has me. Because when we hold on to things, when we don't let go of things, when we let our hearts get hard and bitter and ugly, all of that is hurting is us. It is hurting us, and it is hurting our ability to share the gospel and the good news with others because we are so worried about ourselves that we can't let go of those things. And I can just tell you that I am right there. Sometimes I get stuck in those places, too. When I say sometimes, I mean all the time. I get stuck, too. I am right there with you. I am struggling every morning. It feels like I wake up, and it's like, I don't want to move because then my kids will know that I'm awake, and then my day will have to actually start, and I have to try to walk in Jesus' grace, and I don't know if I can do that today. Um, so every day is a battle sometimes. We have those days and those weeks and those months and those years. It's a battle sometimes even to get out of bed. But God is calling us to get out of bed. God is calling us to move forward. God is calling you to share your story. And it doesn't matter if you grew up in the church or you just came to church today and you didn't know about Jesus and today God saves you. God is calling you to share your story because they all matter. And they all have a purpose. And so God is bigger than our situation. And we get distracted. I get distracted sometimes by sin and the world. And we start to listen to those distractions. This is where we kind of lose it. We start to listen to those distractions. And we start to look at social media for truth instead of God. Sometimes we're looking through those Insta reels, like scrolling, trying to just find a nugget of like, oh, what's something good? I just need, really need a word from you, God. And our Bible's sitting right there, but we're like, come on, Sadie Robinson, let's go. Come on, give me a word. Come on, let's go. I need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. And um, God's like, pick up my book and scroll through those pages and let me give you a word that's meant for you, not a regurgitated word that was preached six months ago that maybe does 
let's touch on what you're going through, but I have the original word that I want to give you, so pick up my book and dig into my book and start scrolling through those pages and watch your faith grow. Watch your relationship with grow. Watch your confidence in Christ grow because we are being faithful to what he has called us to be. In Hebrews 2, 1 through 9, it says this, verse 1, therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have learned, lest we drift away from it. I'm going to read it again. Therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have learned, lest we drift away from it. I'm about ready to make everybody a little bit uncomfortable, if I haven't already. I don't care. Here's the deal. We listen on Sunday morning to what we have heard, right? We're paying close attention because we want to hear what God's speaking through the pastor. Great. I think that's amazing. I know God does that. Minute we walk out those doors, we're like, okay, got to get lunch, got to do groceries, got to da 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 da. And by Wednesday or Thursday, we don't even remember what we heard because we're not paying attention and we're not going back and we're not reading our word and we're not spending time in the word. We're not spending time with Christ. We're forgetting and we're drifting away. And then like by the time it's Sunday, we're like dragging ourselves back into the sanctuary, just needing that word from God because we're so dry. We're so broken. We have all this stuff. But I'm just like, why am I doing that? Why am I not feeding myself through the week? Why am I not writing that down, getting the verses and going back and rereading that, paying attention to what God has told me, paying attention to that word, calling us to pay attention so we don't drift away, so we don't let our hearts get hard, so we don't walk in that unforgiveness. Trouble times will come, but if we don't have what the Bible says, we're going to sink because that gives us the foundation to walk on and to stand on, and when we're not doing that, we're just sitting there sinking, waiting for that rope on Sunday to pull us out for that hour, and they're like, it's been an hour, you need to hurry up. I need that word quick. I'm hungry. I don't care. We need to know, hey, God, I'm excited for what you're doing on Sunday because we've been feeding ourselves all week and we are ready to see God move and we are ready to take over this city and we are ready for him to do what he said he's going to do, what he had given a vision to Pastor Anthony like 100 years ago, 101, he's older than me, 101 years ago, and like we are ready to stand and follow and go and where God's called us to go because I can just tell you, I've been coming here for about 20 or 17-ish years, I don't know, long time, and I am ready to start walking in some of these promises God had spoken like 17 years ago when I came to this small church on Market Street and God gave us visions and dreams and we prayed and we fasted and we seeked seeked God and you know what? I'm ready. This is the time and God is calling us together and we need to rise up and be the people God has called us to be and stop just sucking the life and start giving out the life. Stop sucking it in and just start pouring out what God has inside of us. Because if all we're going to do is sit here and take, 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 and not give, then this is pointless for us to be here this morning. It is pointless for us to be here and to listen to what God has if we're not going to do something with it. I know that sounds hard, but it is truth. If you've been here, I was talking to a friend, and they had gone through it. They have gone through it, and they're like, we're just in a season of healing. Well, you've been in that season for 15 years. I think it's time to get up and get walking and do what God's called you to do because it is too long to be sitting there for 15 years in your feelings and not in the word of God because God heals, God, God delivers, God does those things, and we need to walk in what God calls us to walk in. Verse 2. For since the message declared by the angels proved to be reliable and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, 
How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? How are we going to get through it if we don't have Jesus? We're not. Answer, we're not. It was declared at first by the Lord, and it, and it was attested to us by those who heard. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So here, they're just, the author is just, again, declaring who Jesus is. God gave us miracles and signs and wonders according to his will. Verse 5 says, For it was not the angels that God subject to the world to come, of which we are speaking. Verse 6, It has been testified somewhere, What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you care for him? Verse 7, You made him, talking about Jesus, a little lower, while lower than the angels, you have crowned him with glory and honor. Verse 8, Putting everything in subjection under his feet, everything now putting everything in subjection to him he left nothing outside of his control nothing outside his control at present we do not yet see everything in subjection to him so we don't see it always right we are in the fields we are in the forest we are in the middle sometimes we can't see what's going on but this tells us that he left nothing out of his control and at present, we don't see everything, but everything is subjection to him. Everything is going to come under Jesus. Jesus is going to take care of it. He has got it, everything. Verse 9 says, but we see him for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned him with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Again, just showing us this is who Jesus is. This is who Jesus is. This is the one who came to save us. He can't became death. He became sin. He suffered death that we didn't have to do that. We didn't have to go through that pain and suffering because he did it for us. But if we aren't paying attention, we're going to drift away. If we're not paying attention, we're going to fall away. Maybe that starts out like, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to spend time with God. And I'm just going to skip this one time. It's going to be fine. And I'm not saying you have to be here every Sunday. I'm just saying when we get in this mindset, when our hearts aren't aligned with the word of God, when we get in this mindset that we don't need to, this, I'm just going to skip my devotions today because I'm so busy, whatever. I'm just as guilty. It gets easier and easier and easier to skip it. It gets easier and easier not to come. It gets easier and easier to find ourselves further and further away, and it's harder to get back. It's harder to get back where God has called us. I don't know about you, but I've seen people, and I've been, I've experienced times where that I have allowed myself not to be a part of community, even though I came to church, and I did things. I just didn't do things community-wise. I didn't really open my heart up. I was just pretty closed off, and it was easier for me that way because then I didn't get hurt, you know, because people are people, and we're all flawed, and we all hurt each other sometimes unintentionally, sometimes on purpose, but sometimes not on purpose, but it's easier to, like, guard our hearts and protect ourselves like this. It's easier once we've been doing it for a while. It's harder, and it takes more courage to open up and to let people in and to actually engage in community. But the saddest part is, is when we do that, it gets easier and easier to get away from Christ. Easier and easier for our relationship with Jesus to suffer because it's easier and easier for us to close off. We find our hearts getting hard. Man, we are just over it. 
I don't want anybody to look at me, to touch me, to talk to me. I'm here. I'm, it's fine. We're hard-hearted. We find ourselves getting bitter. Well, I wouldn't be doing it. I would not be wearing open-toed shoes on that stage. I would not be having the seats this way. This carpet is disgusting. Why is the stage black? They better not put a carpet on there. We stop focusing on what's important. We stop focusing on why are we here. We stop focusing on Jesus, and we start focusing on ourselves. We get yacht club mentality. And we at Free Church know that we are the Coast Guard, not the yacht club. But we get that mentality of like, how can this benefit me? I'm going to put my time card. I'm going to punch my Sunday time card. This is, my this is going to benefit me. But really, what church is for is to help us get together, get excited, get riled up, get ready, and to go out and fight the battles. We're not meant to stay in these walls of security. We're meant to go out and to fight. We're meant to go out in our communities and our kids' schools and our neighborhood, and we're meant to be the hands and feet of Jesus outside of these walls. This is for encouragement. This is for pump up. This is for holding each other up if we need being in community, all those things, but then we're supposed to go out and do what God has called us to do. And we start focusing on legalism. We start focusing on things that it, who cares? Who cares what color the walls are? Who cares what kind of light bulbs we have? I don't care. I just want Jesus. I just want to see people with, get to know Jesus. I just want to see Jesus saved. It doesn't matter. Because when the rubber meets the road, if we didn't have any of this, it wouldn't matter. If we were just passionate about Jesus and we were, all, all we cared about was meeting Jesus and helping other people meet Jesus. That's what it should be. That's what should matter. And we, we, get, we start listening to the lies the enemy tells us. Well, you're not as good as this person, or this person's better, or you're not really in the in crowd. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I just want Jesus. I don't care. I just want Jesus. I just want to be who and do what Jesus has called me to do. Um, nothing is out of God's control. In verse 8, it says, putting everything, Jesus, putting everything in sub subjection under his feet, now, in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside of his control. I'm going to have the worship team come and get ready. We're going to wrap it up here. Going to go have some amazing food. But before we do that, I want us to camp here for a minute. It says, he left nothing out of his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. Nothing is out of his control. So this morning, I want you to know Nothing is out of his control. Your child who is not serving Jesus, your grandchild who's not serving Jesus, not out of God's control. Your family situations, the brokenness, not out of God's control. The sickness that you've been fighting, the maybe people you've been fighting, not out of God's control. Financial issues you've been going through, not out of God's control. That diagnosis that you're facing, not out of God's control. Nothing is out of God's control. It says that God put everything in subjection under his feet. Everything. Now, it might not go the way we want. <laughs> we might not get the answer we think that we want. I remember when my mom got sick about nine, seven, eight years ago, um, I prayed diligently that God would heal her. I prayed that God would remove that cancer because I knew that her passing it would wreck my family. It would just, my family would fall apart. I just knew that in my heart. And I remember being so mad when she died. I remember being so angry and people would be like, 
healed her on the other side. I'm like, I don't care. I want her right here. I'm glad she's with Jesus, but that's not helping the situation that's happening right now. And so I was very angry. <laughs> I was frustrated and I was mad because God didn't heal her. And I prayed and I prayed and I remember being mad and frustrated. And I didn't even process it for like a year because I was just like, I'm not even going to go there. And I remember when God finally was able to reach my heart, little heart, and he was like, do you remember what your mom, my mom used to do dances in church and with like flat, not flags, but like uh, scarves and things. And I remember one of them, I had it, it was recorded. And sometimes I would watch it just to hear her voice. And I remember her saying how she couldn't wait to get to heaven, how she couldn't wait to be with Jesus, how she couldn't wait to see his face, all these things. And I just lost it because I just realized that like he gave her what she wanted, it wasn't about my, what I wanted. It was about what God knew that she wanted, right? And so, like, I had to ask for forgiveness for being so hard-hearted. But her desire was to be with Jesus. That was her desire, and he gave that to her. And it's not what I wanted. It's not what I thought should happen, because I just thought he should heal her miraculously. We could celebrate that miracle, and she would still be here, right? But, but that's not what God had planned, because he knew that needed to happen so that he could push growth in me, my faith, my family's faith. Did my family fall apart? A little bit, a little bit, still, still working on that. But I know God is using that to grow them in, in their faith with him. I don't see the end results. I don't see it maybe right now, but I know that it's coming. I know that it will. I know what he told me many years ago before she was even sick. I know that. I know God has it under control. I'm still praying for my family. I'm still doing the things that I know God has told me to do for my family. But I do know that God has everything under his control and nothing is out of his control. And so this, all this wraps up to this. Same thing that Dwayne talked about last week was like, are we willing to move forward in the waiting, in the hardship, in the crap that we're dealing with? Are we willing to move forward in that? Or are we going to just walk away and give up? Because God has not called us to give up. He has called us to move forward. He has called us to keep going forward. And sometimes my steps look like this. <laughs> and if you've ever been on a hike with me, you know that sometimes people push me up the hills. And sometimes my steps look like that. Somebody just pushing me along because I could not do it myself. But I have amazing community that I would let push me. Not I didn't let them. They just sometimes did it. But, but they knew what I needed. <laughs> And God knew what I needed, and he used them to push me to where God has called me to be. And I thank God for those people in my life. I thank God for those phone calls and those times that it, I didn't want to hear it. I thank God for that because I know that's where, where I'm here now, and God has brought me here now, brought my family to where they're at now too. And so today as we close up, I just want everybody to kind of bow their head. And God didn't really give me a direction on how to end this, but today I just want us to get moving it's time to get moving. It's time to start seeking God and saying, God, forgive me for not being faithful and moving forward and getting stuck and allowing bitterness, allowing anger, allowing things, keeping me from focusing on you. And today, if you're here and maybe you're like, I've never even heard of Jesus or don't even know about Jesus. And God just really just kind of revealed to you, like, this is who Jesus is. This is, he came to save me. He came because he loved me so much and he wanted to spend eternity with me and he wants to use me in a much bigger way. 
And if that's you today, I want to pray with you. I'm not going to call you forward, but if that's you today and you're just like, hey, I've never committed my life to Christ. I've never accepted Jesus, and I want to do that today. Will you just slip your hand up so that I can pray with you? I'm not going to call you out. Super dark. No one can see. Don't worry. And today, um, as I ask some pastors uh, to come up to the front, we're going to spend some time praying for you. If you just need Jesus, if you just need to remember who he is, Remember the calling that he's called you. Remember what he's called you to do. Remember how passionate for people and for, for missions, for reaching the lost. Remember how passionate you were. Remembering the fire God has in you, whether somebody has put that fire out or you let it go out through situations and circumstance, God wants to light that fire again. God wants to light that fire again. God wants to use you in ways that you can't even imagine. It is not too late. And so as we sing this last song, I'm going to pray. And then if you want prayer for something, just come up front. Let's just fill the altars and cry out to God and get ready for this downtown service. Get ready. Get our hearts ready so that we can move to what God's called us to do in the city of Salem. God, thank you so much for today. God, as we just come here a broken people, God, needing a Savior, needing to remember God, just that Jesus is the imprint, the exact imprint of your nature, that when we accept him, God, as our Savior, and we walk in that freedom, that we don't have anything holding us back. We have nothing holding us back. So, God, I pray that as we just worship you through uh, song, through prayer, God, that you will meet with us here, that you will remind us who we are in you. God, I'm tired of us struggling with just this, this idea of, like, am I good enough? Oh, I'm so terrible, blah, blah, blah. God, you are God. You spoke the world into existence, so help us to remember that and have confidence in who you are. Have confidence in the God that we serve. Have confidence in who he's created you to be. We're all going to mess up, but God, you have called us to walk in you and in, in the confidence that you give us. In Jesus' name, Amen. And so if you guys want prayer this morning, I just want to invite you to come up. We'll have um, pastors up here to pray for you. Um, don't leave this place if you have something that you need to get taken care of because God wants to take care of it. And I know it seems scary if you need to grab your neighbor's hand, drag them up here with you, they'll come. So God bless you guys.